the FCC Talk Podcast. It is me, your host, John Rhodes, Children and Family Minister here at First Christian Church. And today we have Dan Stribling, Worship Minister here at First Christian Church, joining us. Dan, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic, John. Awesome. Magnificent. Excellent. Well, we already had chapel today, so we've gotten our fill. We're, we're both spiritually fed. and we, Yep, uh, got my workout for the day. Yeah, I was going to say, we're also a little bit tired. <laughs> more you than me. You do more <laughs> of the dancing than I do. So. It's getting a little harder, especially as I get older. Yeah, well, and I know it's uh, early morning, which is not always your favorite, too. So, Not my favorite time of day. <laughs> Well, you know what? You fake it well. (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) All right. Well, if you know anything about FCC Talk, you know that we are here providing you with some uplifting conversation. We give you ministry insights. We talk about ourselves. We give you some Bible, but it's not necessarily a sermon. So you'll hear us talk about religious topics, give our input, but we're not telling you what to believe. We're not really telling you anything super important, I guess, more than just kind of sharing our opinions. And sometimes we'll reference the Bible, but for the most part, it's just uplifting conversation. And we encourage you to think about all these things as well. However, we do stray away from politics. No politics here. You get enough of that on the news. You get enough of that stress everywhere else. So here it's all just normal current events, stuff you don't have to stress about and do those things. So Mm -hmm. uh, please remember to like and subscribe if you're listening on the first Christian Church YouTube channel. And if you're listening on podcasts, please rate us. It helps other people to see the content as well. Dan, you ready to get into it? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. We've got three good topics today. We have Granger Smith, country music star. Uh, well, I don't know if he's a star. I didn't, I don't really know him that well until the story came out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, country music musician uh, turned minister. We have the roles of a father to go through. And then we'll also get into some talk about what does it really mean to use God's name in vain? I feel like that's something mm. that's not talked about a whole yeah. lot. Uh, but the Gospel Coalition wrote a really nice article on it. And I felt like, you know, hey, let's go ahead and reference it. Let's talk about it. Let's look at it. You bet. We'll see where it goes. All right. All right, so our first topic is the former country music artist Granger Smith rejects cultural Christianity to find true joy in Christ. Now, this whole thing happened because he is going to Liberty University to speak there. He used to be touring. If I am not mistaken, he finished touring about a year or two ago. I think he put out his last album maybe in 2020, I saw Hmm. But he uh, is no longer touring or anything as a country music artist. He is now fully devoted as a minister in Texas, which to me is admirable that you would step away from the life of touring, country music, all those things. I'm sure was lucrative for his finances and things. Um, But, you know, it kind of sparked an idea in my mind. We've had a few celebrities over the years, Dan, who Mm -hmm. have come to Christianity or come to the faith And sometimes they're met with a bit of criticism. Now, I don't think Ranger Smith quite has the reputation that others, such as Justin Bieber or Kanye Smith has, Kanye West, I don't know why I said Smith, Mm -hmm. Kanye West 
have had, but it did spark in my mind an interesting conversation. I'd like to get your take. How should Christians respond to celebrities converting to Christianity? And not so much just converting to it, but also making this a well-known thing and trying to start some kind of ministry in their lives. What are your thoughts, Dan? This is actually, uh, to me at least, a really, really tricky subject. And the main reason it's a tricky subject is because Well, there's a few reasons. There's a few reasons. I think back very specifically, the time that impacted me the most when I can remember seeing a celebrity that was very much outside the church and then came to Christ was Brian Welch's conversion. And I think it was 2004. Now, if you're not familiar with who Brian Welch is, you might know him by his stage name, which is Head. He plays in the band Corn. Now, if you know anything about the band Corn, it's not very uplifting music, okay? That's about the nicest way that I can put it. They write Pretty hard rock stuff, but man, I tell you what, it's it's you know, it's dark, it is not clean. And Brian came out of that and embraced Christ. I mean, him it was a big deal. I think he was baptized in the Jordan River and that sort of thing. And he left corn and uh, did a bunch of really good solo music for a while, which was very, very Christ-centered. It was really, really great stuff. And then in, I think, 2015, 14, somewhere in there, he actually went back and joined up with Corn. And so the reason that I bring him up is because I can remember when he came to Christ. You know, there was a couple different polarized reactions. You had kind of the people over here that were very celebratory. And then there were the people over on this hand who were incredibly skeptical. And so I think personally, once again, that's what this podcast is about, right? This podcast is about our takes, kind of our thoughts on these things. I think the best place is to sit somewhere kind of in the middle between those two polarized extremes. Because we don't usually know this person and know their heart, I think it's really, really dangerous to instantly be completely skeptical because we also have to understand if they just came to Christ, they're going to be a spiritual child right? Just like you and me were when we first came to Christ, okay? Even those of us that grew up in the church have our times of spiritual infancy. And I think as brothers and sisters, we need to be sensitive to that. But at the same time, we also need to be discerning enough that we, I mean, how do we put this? If, if we know somebody that had a particular problem before they came to Christ, we wouldn't put them in a situation where they could be compromised with a temptation or something again. And so we need to be careful just to kind of put our blinders on and, you know, have some discernment as well. Ultimately, I think it's a cause for joy unless it becomes obvious that there's ulterior motives or if there's something else going on. But it is. It's not a simple solution. You want to add anything to that, John? Yeah, no, I think you're I think you're correct. Anytime somebody comes to the faith, whether we know concrete evidence or not that, you know, something is going on behind the scenes, I think you celebrate and you're joyful for the person. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't know them personally, you know, be happy and praise God. Um, however, I think you made a really good point about um, you know, spiritual infancy and, and the fact that they are still having spiritual milk, you know. Uh just because they are a star, just because they are well known does not mean that that they automatically have this spiritual maturity and they are feasting on spiritual meat, all of these things. Um, you know, I, I look at it and I say, okay, let's act like Granger Smith was a, you know, Christian. 
all of his life. And that's what he became famous for. And he decided, no, I'm leaving Christianity to be a country music star. I just learned how to play the guitar. I played it a little bit as a kid, but I've really embraced being a guitar player. And I'm going to go be a country music star. I mean, are people going to follow his music as closely as maybe they followed some of his other, you know, Christian Christian takes or whatever you want to call it? I mean, no, probably not, because there's a bit of a difference there in how are we going to follow him. And so while I do think it's exciting and I do think we need to be joyful, as you stated, I mm-hmm. also think we need to be cautious and we need to understand that these people are people too. And they go through struggles, even though their struggles might not be the same as ours because they live in a completely different world, you know, with completely different finances and everything else. Um, Mm -hmm. They have struggles their own that they need to work through. Um, And so my thought has always been just to pray for them. You know, when Kanye West kind of had his big thing a few years ago and he started his own church and all these things happened. Yeah, I remember that. I, I, I remember thinking to myself, this is awesome, but I fear for him. Because how is all of this going to affect himself? How is it going to affect his family? He's going to get some pushback from Christians who are saying, don't follow this guy or whatever. Um, and so I, you know, for the next week, just kind of prayed for him when I did my prayers. I said, mm-hmm. you know, God, give Kanye wisdom, you know, help him along this path, help him to, to not be turned away through trying to do ministry, but that others would also be doing ministry to him as well. So I think mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think your point about praise is is accurate. And then I think the point about prayer for them as well, mm-hmm. even if you don't know them personally. Uh, my next question for you, Dan, is Granger Smith's message, the whole thing that he kind of went to liberty to preach about and talk about, is to deny yourself. And that's kind of what he's saying here. He wants to deny his, his country music, deny hmm. the praise that he was receiving on stage, and he wants to give that praise to God. Again, very admirable, a wonderful yeah. message, something I, I support uh, fully. Um, but m- my question to you, obviously, you've never been a country music star, Dan. <laughs> Uh, nope. You, you are a musician. Um, however, of sorts. Yeah. <laughs> world's okayest musician. If you've never seen Dan's <laughs> shirt, world's okayest musician, you have to see it. Um, he wears it to the. Eh, he's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I love it. But uh, my question to you is what does deny yourself mean to you in your life? It's easy to see what Granger is talking about with his musical career and playing on stage, but you yourself in your life, what does deny yourself and pick up the cross? What does that mean for you? Well, in a, in a spiritual sense, I mean, denying yourself basically is a, to me, it kind of breaks down to a position of hierarchy and authority in your life. Right. And so to deny myself really boils down to putting Jesus first. Okay, because if I if I have his interests, if I have his desires, if I have his plan, if I have his will, if I have his law, his teachings, if all of that sits above myself, then what he says is going to govern what it is that I do. And occasionally that's going to require me not doing the things that perhaps I feel that I want to do. Right. I'm going to deny those things that I think or I see or are obvious that come into conflict with what he wants. And you know what? I have to shut that stuff down. You know, there is a willing, willful 
very active, um, I guess, engagement in doing those things. You know, it's it's just all about putting Christ first uh, in the little things, right? In, in choosing what sort of stuff to put into my head all the way up to big decisions on, you know, finances, you know, how I raise my children, you know, the really big stuff. It's really, it really comes down to if, if Christ is at the apex, if Christ comes first, he'll come first, I'll come second. And I've just got to keep myself in that position. Um, that that's kind of that's kind of what I take it. it. It's not necessarily a negative thing, you know. You know, putting myself down. It says deny yourself, not deprive yourself. Okay, if if it said deprive yourself, that would mean to like take things away that you need or that are good for you or beneficial. But it doesn't say that. It's a positive thing. It's it's denying yourself. And as people, even with things that are unspiritual, we can be incredibly benefited by denying ourselves certain things that might be unhealthy. So overall, like at the end of the day, it's a positive thing. Yeah, yeah, I love what you had to say there, Dan. I think I think you're exactly right in the small things and the big things. It's as simple as denying that extra hour of sleep on Sunday morning so you go to church, and it can sometimes be as complicated as I am going to completely upend my career and do something else that I feel like God is calling me to because that's the calling in my life. I mean, there, there's different levels, but at the same time, it's all about denying yourself and giving it to God. So, yeah, thanks, thanks for answering that, Dan. Great job. Oh, anytime. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna do something new here on FCC Talk. <laughs> we have a commercial, okay? However, this is not a standard commercial where we're gonna sell you, you know, Hello Fresh meals or something like that. Okay, this is a plug that we did recently that we have condensed down to about a minute, and uh, they're nice because they help keep you informed, and it also gives us a break to check to uh, to uh, take our breath so that way we're not breathing heavy into the microphones as we're continuing to try to talk. So I hope you like this commercial. I found this resource in a workshop that, that I was attending. It's called Real Life Theology Conversations. It's a really good resource. I ordered one. I have our grandkids every morning from about 7.15 to 8.15 every day. And so I want to try to do one or two of these conversations during the school year. It's an opportunity to talk about the relationship with God, talk about the relationship with truth. It's 52 conversations that have to do with... Uh, your child's relationship with God. I don't know if you've ever struggled with having family devotions or anything like this. This is just kind of a once a week or twice a week kind of thing that you can have some conversation, talk about something in their lives, and it, it doesn't take any time at all, but it's planting some seeds into their lives that will help them deal with the culture, with their friends, their relationships, and also strengthen their relationship with God. But I'd really encourage you to Check this out on Amazon. It's called Real Life Theology Conversations. All right. Yes, our first commercial, and it just so happened to come from the church. So we make no money. <laughs> we just catch our breaths. <laughs> All right. Our next topic we're going to bring up is the six unexpected roles of a father. Now, this came from the website of familylife.com, and it mm -hmm. was a really good article. And uh, I think 
this will mostly speak to fathers out there, um, but maybe to some grandfathers, and maybe this will be helpful for you as a wife or somebody who is a grandmother as well. I don't know. We'll see. Hoping it, hoping everybody can find a little bit uh, of something from it. But this uh, this person, this author, he lists six different unexpected roles of a father. Now, I'm going to give you all six, okay? Number one, model. So be a model of God's character. Number two, is a teacher. So you're teaching God's word, you're teaching uh, to your children, those kind of things. Number three, protector, you're protecting your family. Number four, a fixer, okay, fixing things for your family. Number five is again, model, but this is more on how to treat, how men should treat women, modeling that uh, for your kids, uh, for everybody, really everybody in your family around you. And then number six, warrior. Number six, warrior kind of gives a little bit of that, um, that protector feel, but really this is kind of more the spiritual idea of a warrior mm-hmm. attacking the deception. Uh, I think Chris talked about the spiritual deception this past Sunday, false teachings, things like yep. that. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Dan, my first question to you with this is these are obviously six roles that every father is going to experience at some point. Mm-hmm. And you've been a father for what, 16, 17 years now? Almost 17 years. Yeah, almost 17. So you got some experience. All right. Which, a little bit. Of, which of these six roles has been the most difficult for you over the years as a father? That is a tricky one. I'll be, um, I'll be honest because every single one of these roles brings with it different unique challenges i would honestly say if i had to pick one that was the hardest and this might surprise people because of what i do but sometimes i think god works this way is probably being the teacher you know i have i've got a lot of great life advice to share and that sort of thing. But when you talk about, you know, intentionality in preparation, you know, there is an incredible amount of investment involved with very, with focusing on being a good teacher of your kids. Um, I mean, every, like I said, every single one of these is hard, right? But I have definitely had a lot of very intentional thought, prayer, and effort directed to how exactly and what exactly I overtly teach my boys. Um, I have all boys. Uh, I don't know if everybody knows that or not. You may not. I have all boys. And so my experience is only with boys. I don't know a thing about little girls. I know nothing (laughs) about what, how they work, what makes them tick, but I've got five boys and, um, Boys want knowledge. I know that about them. They they want information. And so the teaching aspect, you know, that that can be a big challenge. Yeah, that can no, be a big sure. challenge. For sure. I, and and I find myself regularly, I have a daughter who is almost two. She's about a month away. And I have a son uh, who's three months years old. So obviously not a lot of teaching going on with him. Uh, he has learned to smile. So Won't that, be long. Yeah, won't be long. But yeah, uh, it's nice to see his smile. But uh, even with my daughter now, uh, it is difficult with the idea of teaching. And one of the things that I find most difficult is the pressure I can put mm-hmm. on myself for each one is, you know, oh, am I showing my daughter enough about how a man 
should be treating a woman or, you know, am I being enough of that fixer? You know, oh, there is something broken in the house and I haven't gotten to it for a month. You know, why am I not being the fixer? You know, some mm-hmm. of that pressure that we put on ourselves. And, and you know, I just have to remind myself that it's it's okay. You can still fulfill that role. You know, as That's long right. as you're not blatantly disregarding those things, you know, you can still fulfill a role of being a fixer. Um you know, so Dan, the Bible is pretty clear in Ephesians 5.25 when it gives the husband these instructions. Husbands, love your wives as – or sorry. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So mm-hmm. my question to you, Dan – because these roles aren't specifically mentioned, you know, uh, in a list in the Bible or anything like that. But how do these roles fit into that biblical uh, definition of what a husband should be uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse, 20, verse 25? Yeah, I mean, in, in one word, it's sacrifice. You know, probably the primary responsibility of being a father and a husband is to sacrifice. You are literally laying yourself down for the good of your wife and your kids for your family, right? Every single one of these roles that a father takes on, you know, kind of like we talked about the whole denying yourself thing, you know, that the character of that, that Christ wants us to have as followers of him is ones where, you know, we, we make ourselves servants, and so God's, you know, through talking through the apostle Paul, God's command to husbands is guess what? You have to lay yourself down for your wife. It really is a, a sacrificial role. So when you're modeling God's character, you know, there are, you are responsible not for being who you think you need to be, but who God says you ought to be. Right. When you're talking about teaching, you need to teach the things of God. When you talk about, you know, protecting your family, you know, being the being the warrior, all these kinds of things, you are literally putting yourself between your family and the danger, whether that's physical or spiritual. That is your role as dad. So um, whatever it comes down to, it's just you, you are laying yourself down for the betterment of your family. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, you you said it right there that this role is more important than I think sometimes we realize. You know, I think I hear people talk about the role um, of a wife pretty often, you know, oh, submit to your husband, those kind of things. Uh, But this isn't something I hear challenged a lot. I'm not saying it doesn't get talked about uh, a lot, but I just don't hear it challenged much myself personally uh, because it is such a big challenge. But in reality, Mm -hmm. if the family structure all, you know, follows the biblical ruling that has been given to us, then we we will all be cohesive. We will all be working together because who wouldn't want to submit and work with somebody who is willing to sacrifice every ounce of their being for them, right? I mean, right. And, and what child wouldn't want to listen to the father who is willing to sacrifice every ounce of his being? You know, if it, the entire family structure is working together, then we see how beneficial all of this can be. And we don't have to argue about, oh, should this be happening? Oh, is the Bible right about this area, because oftentimes the Bible gets a little messy when the Bible is not followed all the way through. You have any comments on that before we finish out here, Dan? Just that God knows what he's doing. You know, when, when he puts these things in place, he does, God doesn't just arbitrarily put rules out there because he thinks it's a good idea. There is a definite 
sociological, that's probably not the right word to use, but basically, you know, how we interact as people, there is an order. God understands it. He made it. And so he's given us instructions with how to flourish in the order that he's created. Yeah. Wives, you need to submit to your husbands, but husbands, you know, you got to be somebody worth submitting to, which requires this very Christ-like attitude, you know, emulate Christ, that sort of thing. So yeah, God knows what he's talking about. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. We have another ad for you here as we go on to our next one. Here is CJ. What is open gym and worship uncoiled? That is a great question. Open Gym and Worship Uncoiled is our main programming for students grades 6 through 12. It is a packed night, and it is an absolute blast. Now, here's how this all applies to you. If you are a student grades 6 through 12, we would love to have you join us at Open Gym and Worship Uncoiled. Open Gym will start at 5 o'clock. Worship Uncoiled will meet from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock. If you are a parent or a grandparent of a student grade six through 12, we would love for you to promote this for them and encourage them to be a part of what we have going on. It is an absolute blast being here every single Sunday night. All right, there you go. So if you know anybody who can go to Worship Uncoiled or if you have a child who can go to Worship Uncoiled, please do that. CJ works really hard and he does a great job. And it's awesome. Yep, Dan's got boys who are there, and uh, they have a blast, mm-hmm. right? Oh, they do. They love it. Look forward to it every week. Very good. Very good. All right. Our next topic, keeping God's name on the top of life leader of life's leaderboard. So that's kind of a way of talking about, you know, keep not using God's name in vain. So what yep. they're getting here at here is that, you know, sometimes we only think about using God's name in vain as like saying, oh my God, or whatever it might be, saying Christ when we stub our toe, those kind of things. And while that is not really responsible use of using God's name in vain, uh, or using God's name, and it is in vain when we do that, um, it's it's not the only way we can do it, and we should be cautious of other uh, ways that we can do it in our lives. One of the quotes from this article says, taking the Lord's name in vain means using it in an unthinking, careless, or wicked way. I just love that quote. I think that uh, kind of sums up that whole thing very, very well. So my question to you, Dan, is... How have you always interpreted the command about not using God's name in vain? Well, my my understanding of that really began kind of with, I guess you could call it sort of the swearing aspect, you know, using God's name in ways that are vile or that dishonor him specifically. I mean, you wouldn't, I mean, if if you... if you're trying to say something horrible, you know, I wouldn't use my mother's name. I love my mom. I would never say anything to make her name sound ugly or disrespectful. I wouldn't even think about that. So why would we do that to God, right? Why would we take his name and turn it into something ugly and, you know, with vitriol or whatever negativity is associated with that? So that's kind of where uh, my primary understanding of that came from. I think that it's definitely possible to misuse the name of God, you know, when we apply his name or his nature to things that he's not necessarily associated with or that contradict his word, you know, we, we can't just 
put God's stamp on it because we feel like it. You know, he still is in control of his own person and he still is sovereign over himself and everything else. And so I I think a lot of this comes down to remembering who God is and who we are. We are talking about the identity of the all-powerful supreme creator of the universe verse and i would say verses but you know compared to us who are creatures made from dirt you know that that doesn't diminish our value because we are god's great creation but we're still god's creation and so we need to be very very careful how we speak about god because he is our father and he is our friend but guess what He's also king and God. So that that's kind of that's kind of where I'm coming from. What are, what are some of your thoughts on that one, John? Yeah, my thought has always been uh, the thought of about having a healthy amount of fear of God, right? You know, mm-hmm. if you fear somebody, you're not going to talk bad about them because they might hear you talking bad about them. Or if you have somebody who is stronger than you, you know, you're not going to go and say, hey, buddy, I could beat you up because you're going to know, dude, if I say that, I'm going to get my butt kicked, right? Right. So it's always led me to have a little bit of the fear that I feel like I should have. And, you know, the Bible tells us we should have too. You know, they, the Bible says wisdom comes from fearing God, you know, that's right. ultimately, but a good amount of that does, it does talk about wisdom. Wisdom coming from other places as well, but that's one of the main places that the Bible speaks on wisdom coming from. And so, you know, my other thought about it has just always been not to use God's name to address an agenda that I have or address right. an opinion that I have. You know, I'm not going to go to somebody and say, well, God told me you should be doing this. Maybe the Bible does say that it, they should, but I'm not going to go to them and say, God told me that. Or I'm not going to lie to somebody and misuse scripture in such a way to get what I think should be accomplished. You know, I think those are some right. of the, the worst ways that we can use God's name in vain because it's not just hurting us, but it's hurting other people around us because we are deceiving them as well. So, I mean, really using God's name in vain bad anyway, but. Um, yeah, kind of how I see it. So when, when we speak in the name of the Lord, we need to be very, very sure of what it is that we are speaking. And that, I think, is part of the reason why the scriptures say that some will be kind of held to a higher standard because they don't necessarily, I would say, in that prophetic sense, speak for God, but they are presenting the words of God. And so there's a great responsibility to take that seriously. Yeah, like you'd mentioned, I wanted to mention this real quick. Proverbs uh, 9.10 is the verse you were referencing, which in the NIV, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. I like the way the New Living Translation says it here, where it says this, fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. So in other words, if you want to be, if you want to be wise, if you want to understand wisdom and and what is wisdom, wisdom is the functional knowledge that enables us to exist and flourish in this world God has created. Well, if you want to be able to do that, you start with understanding who God really is. And you can't really understand that without having a little fear, because even Jesus himself said in Luke 12, five, he said, but I'll tell you whom to fear, fear God who has the power to kill you and then throw you into hell. Yes, he's the one to fear. 
That's Jesus. Okay. So uh, understanding who God is and how great his power is goes a long way. Well, and I think we have to reference too that it's possible to have both fear and love for someone, right? I mean, as a father, Dan, I am positive. That comes with being a father. Yes. And having one. (laughs) Exactly. I was going to say, I am positive that your boys have a healthy amount of fear if they are to disobey you, right? Sometimes I wonder, (laughs) but no, it's there, you know. I'm just kidding. And maybe not Luke. Yeah, I don't know about that kid. That kid reminds me that I actually have no idea what I'm doing most of the time. But just, you know, as a son, you know, I love my dad more than anybody in the whole world. But, you know, growing up, it wasn't a fear that I was afraid of what he would do. It was a fear of what would happen if I did something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I understood where the limitations were and I understood what the consequences were of those limitations were. I had the full choice whether to step out of them or not. Okay. And and that is honestly a healthy kind of fear. Okay. Because I knew where the power was, but at the same time, I also knew the love, care, and affection that my dad had for me. And frankly, it was from that love, care, and affection that those limitations came. So yeah, you can definitely have both. Yeah, and, and part of the fear as well, and I wanted to make sure I reference this, is that the fear of losing someone as well. I mean, if you're in a committed relationship with somebody else, you have to fear that if you are to be unfaithful to that person, they might leave you and you might not have that person in your life anymore. And sure. So it's just about fearing what they might do or fearing nope. the consequence of, you know, the punishment, but it's also fearing losing that person because you do have love for them. And if you are unfaithful to your spouse, you may lose your spouse. If you, you know, do something um, that your parents have a high disregard for, then you might lose a piece of your relationship with your parents that you might never get back, you know? And so, yeah. It's not just about fear of the discipline, but also fear of hurting your relationship with that person. And I don't think that part gets talked about. Right. Enough. Well, well, and, and when, when we have wisdom, what we are really able to do is look at a situation and be able to picture the consequences. Wisdom guides our ability to see or envision an outcome. That's why so many people who we would say are not wise, make such poor decisions. They might even know the thing is wrong, but ultimately it's very hard to imagine where this is going to lead. I mean, just like what you said. Yeah, I know that if I do something terrible to my wife, what if I were to lose her? I mean, that's serious stuff now. So that fear of what could be helps to sort of build this hedge of protection. And that hedge of protection is living in wisdom. Right. Right. And that's where the love comes in, that you have mm-hmm. right on. that assurance of, as well as the fear. So it's not all about fear uh, in that. So great conversation there, Dan. I appreciate yeah, it's good that. Stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, we have one more uh, ad before we get to the end. So I'll play this one. This one's a little bit longer. I could only condense this one out, down so much. So it'll be an extra <laughs> long break for me and Dan, but uh, hope you enjoy it. I want to invite you to listen to the First Christian Church 
podcast. And here's why. Every week we post about two or three times a week to provide you with online biblical teaching that is good for you, good for our church, good for our community. And it's all centered around teaching you more about God. So one of the posts that we make every single week is we do post the sermon. And now you might think, well, I already go to church on Sunday mornings. Why would I want to listen to that? Well, sometimes you miss. Sometimes you had something going on and maybe you missed a part of the sermon or maybe you were just, you had a hard morning and you were kind of checked out and you want to go back and listen to it again. Or maybe it was just so good. You have to listen to it. Again, and that's a really easy way to do it while you're on the go. Another thing that I've actually had people tell me they do, and they've had a lot of great success with this, is sometimes when you're listening to a sermon, you hear something and say, I I think this other person needs to hear this thing. And this would be a really awesome thing for them to know. And so instead of trying to figure out where the online service is and then throwing that at them and saying, hey, listen to this, it's a little confusing. It's so much simpler just to send them to the podcast and say, hey, here's the title of this sermon or, hey, this was on Sunday, so just go look at the most recent one and say, hey, go listen to this because I think it's something you could really use. I think I, I thought of you while I was hearing it. And that's a great way to not only share our church, but to share the message of Jesus Christ with other people as well. If you like the idea of listening to the First Christian Church podcast, please go do that. And we will let you know when we know more about the things we're going to do later on. Thanks. All right. Welcome back, Dan. Oh, thanks. So good to be here. All right, our final uh, <laughs> conversation. I, well, I guess we have one more after this, but uh, at least for this one, uh, it's everybody's favorite. What you eating, what you watching, what you reading, Dan. You don't have to answer all of them, but if there's anything new in your life that you're eating or you're watching or you're reading, uh, go ahead and tell the people about it. Got anything new? Well, not really. I'm still kind of eating and watching the same old stuff. I was actually going to ask our viewers here, you know, I could really use some suggestions for something new, funny, and lighthearted to watch. I'd love to have another TV show, you know, to kind of turn on because I do occasionally like flipping on a TV show to just sort of chill out and kind of take my mind off of things. I can't find anything right now. So if you've got any ideas, I don't know. Can you leave comments on a podcast, John? I don't know yeah, if that's well, even not possible. On podcast, but, not on the but podcast, but if you're watching on YouTube, yeah, drop a comment. You know, let me know what you guys are watching because I'm just dying for something that I haven't, you know, watched three or four times through already. You know what I mean? I am enjoying the new season of Futurama so far. So far, it's been really good. But uh, as far as reading goes, I'm very excited. We had a garage sale last weekend. And as I was going through some boxes, I came across a bunch of old books and I found in there my old copy of Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. So I'm not currently reading it, but that's the next thing in my queue to read. So I'm really looking forward to kind of go back through that again. I haven't read that since I was in high school. So that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, for me, uh, you know, it's not a new food. It's we kind of go seasonally with our foods. It's kind of strange, but we have like three or four meals that we cycle through every single week. And then we have leftovers because we're not a family right. of seven like you, Dan. So we still have leftovers. <laughs> in the next I miss leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> Your boys just eat them all up, don't they? <laughs> well, uh, so we are currently in like our kind of fall slash summer meal list, which includes chili. We'll start making that again soon oh but yeah the one we just had the other day that i love our 
burgers. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're saying, John, burgers, that's something you should be having in the summertime when you grill out. Well, yes, but the problem is I sweat like crazy in the summertime. So I don't like to grill out <laughs> when it's 90 degrees outside. No, I like grilling out when it's like mid 70s, low 70s. Oh yeah, man. So that's perfect perfect time for me. And um I got this new grill. Uh it's one of those like uh flat top grills. And so I put the burger on, make that toward the end, put the cheese on, you know, melt that on there. And since it's not the bars anymore, I can put the bun on there. Toast the bun. Nice. We are living the good life, man. All right. Like, <laughs> we're happy about it. So, so yeah, uh, things in the Rhodes household, when it's burger night, things are going well. Sounds delicious. Yep. We love it. We love it. So, all right, Dan. Hey, our last thing on the docket, um, and I think I mentioned this last week, we're going to start doing Truth Tuesday in the FCC talk, but it's not going right, to be yeah. as official uh, as before. It's just going to kind of be off-the-cuff conversation about something going on in uh, my guests' lives. So whether it's Dan, CJ, or Chris, kind of they're going to share a Bible verse, and then Chris or uh, Chris, me and Dan, at least on this episode, <laughs> will talk about it. So Dan, what's a Bible verse that's just kind of been on your mind, maybe been on your heart, maybe you just read it this morning. I have no idea. What's a Bible verse you've been thinking about lately? Well, I'll go ahead and share this one because this is one that's just brought me some encouragement lately. You know, um, every now and then is, you know, as, as we go through different things, I know a lot of what pops into my mind when I have, you know, stuff that I'm working through, everybody's, we've all got challenges, right? What pops into my head a lot is music. And, uh, but you know, sometimes we run into things that are just really hard to figure out. And I think this verse is really good encouragement. So I'm going to share this with you. It's Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. I, you probably heard this before. This is a fairly popular proverb, but there's a reason for that. Let's read it. This is the new international version it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Now, I really like the NIV translation of this because of one word, and it's the word submit in verse six. There are other translations where it might use the word acknowledge, but to me, it, it doesn't really capture the essence of what this is saying. This verse fits perfectly with kind of the theme of our conversation for today as well. And we've spent so much time talking about God at the top, us underneath, you know, this idea of holy perspective of keeping God in his rightful place. That's exactly what this verse is saying. You know, trust in God and because he knows what he's doing. We had this conversation when we were talking about God's order in marriage and in family, right? God knows what he's doing. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in him and submit to him. Deny yourself. I think that sounds familiar. We already mm -hmm. talked about that. Deny yourself. Put God in his rightful place. And guess what? If you do that, if you submit to him and conform to his ways, his method, he will make sure you go in the right direction. That's been a huge comfort to me many times as I've not known what to do. And I can look to God and see, okay, God, what would you have me do? Right. right? So that that has been a great encouragement to me. I hope that encourages everybody who's listening as well. Yeah, I love it. The the verse that or the word that always sticks out to me in that verse is the word trust. Right? If you can trust someone, it's much much easier to submit 
to them because you have a trust that what they're telling you, you can rely upon it to actually be good for you or good for somebody else, whatever it's good for in right. that moment. Right. And so obviously we can trust God. Sometimes it becomes a little bit more difficult in our lives, but that's why we are called to be thankful. That's why we are called to remind ourselves of the good things that God has done. You know, God doesn't tell us to be thankful in our prayers just because he likes to hear about how thankful we are. No, he Mm -hmm. tells us to be thankful. One of the primary reasons why I believe is because it reminds us what we are thankful for. And sometimes we have to be a little bit creative in thinking about those things. And we discover more that, oh, yeah, I can be thankful for that. I didn't mm-hmm. even realize that is something that is working in this way to make this happen. And so I think when we are thankful in our lives, it, it, it improves our trust with God. And then, therefore, it helps us to submit to him better. What are your thoughts on that, Dan? You feel like when you when you're in a good place of trusting God, you submit to him better? Well, I mean, absolutely, you know, because trust to develop trust, you have to develop a bond. And if I can fully fully trust in God and understand that he is above me, then, you know, it makes it easier to go, "Okay, Lord, you know best." You know, and I will trust you. And and that actually translates for me over into a very practical side as well, you know, because literally I've been in a position for years of trusting God for, you know, provision for things that I've needed. And the interesting thing is, is he always has, you know, that's one of those ways that he's really revealed himself to me. He has proven himself faithful you know, in that area. And I just, I just find that fascinating how God has chosen to reveal himself to me personally in that way. Um, I had another thought and it just completely left my head. So I was going to say, I think, Take it over, John. Yeah, I think um, you reminding yourself of his provision all throughout your life. You know, I think of that song, Do It Again. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, don't know, I don't know. Last time we sang it in church, unfortunately, I'm not always in church in second service. I think uh, we just did it last Sunday, but, okay. you know, you, you're you're over there with them kiddos. I know. I shouldn't say unfortunately. That makes <laughs> it sound like I, I don't want to be over there with the kids. I love being with the kids. I just mean, unfortunately, I don't always know what's going on. <laughs> Uh, over there. But I think that 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 song, Do It Again, really speaks to it because you've seen God work time and time again. And so you're not saying, will God do this again? You're saying, God will do this again. I know I can trust him. I know that I can live for him in this way because he is providing what I need to be able to live. In that. That's right. That's right. It's it's a very interesting thing too, you know, especially where Jesus talks about in the section, you know, do not worry because if God, you know, clothes the lilies of the field, so he'll, you know, he'll take care of you too. That's a very very interesting scripture because, you know, we we do still face struggles and hardships and many of those things and yet God obviously does care about providing for his children too. So, yeah. He knows what he's doing. I think we've said that before, too. (laughs) Yeah, and we can sacrifice because we know God knows what he's doing. There we go. We just summed up the podcast for you. There you go. There you go. If you didn't hear anything else, at least you heard that. Put a bow on it. It's 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 done. Done. Done so. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, uh, that's all we got for you today. Dan, uh, thanks so much for coming on. We'll have Chris on next week. Uh, Oh, goody. Is there anything going on in the worship ministry people should know about? Anything people can do to help you out or anything you want to talk about real fast before we get out of here? Well, actually, yeah. I mean, if, if, um, 
So just right off the top of my head, you know, there, there actually is a need right now. We, we could use a few more uh, servants upstairs helping out with some of the more technical things. The cool like example, like lights and running all the slides. That's the thing. Sometimes you don't know when you're just down there in the service, right? All those the lyrics you see, the videos that play, you know, those slides that Chris has while he preaches. Those are all done manually by a person upstairs. OK, it's not complicated. It's not complicated. Um, it just takes a little bit of attention to detail. And so I could, we could really use another person to do that. Um, I, I could use another probably two or three people to help just with lights and transitions during the service. Um, and, and I would also be looking for maybe one more person to help us do run the sound system as well. That's probably the most challenging one right there. Uh, take a little bit more training if you've never done it. If you've got experience doing that, that's sweet. But basically, in all three of those positions, we, we could definitely use a little bit more help. So if, if you're listening to this podcast and, you know, you say, hey, that sounds pretty cool. And, and if you're listening to this podcast and you're already helping out in one of those positions, hey, thank you. I love you. And what you do is very much appreciated. So, <laughs> yeah, just give me a holler if that speaks to you because we could use the help. Awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I, there's tons of people who do a great job up there. Uh, we <laughs> don't have church AI yet. Uh, we don't have an AI sound person or an AI. Uh, that just sounds person. terrifying to yeah. me. <laughs> so even if we had that, Dan might not go for it. So, all right. Well, I anyway, like people. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather talk to somebody than mm-hmm. type on a computer. That's right. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, hey, uh, that does it for us. We're going to play you one more ad, and then we're actually not going to be there anymore. So listen to the ad if you want to or don't. Um, I guess this is your choice here. So see you later, everybody. Have a great week. All right. See you, guys. Guys, you got to come with me. I have something I have to show you. Come here. This is like the best kept secret here at FCC, okay? It's called The Family Room. The Family Room is great. If you've got little ones that need just a little bit more space or you just need a break from, you know, keep trying to keep from corralling them in the room, this is the place to be. And believe me, I know what it's like. I've got five of them. The Family Room has everything you need. A changing table. Comfy places to sit. A refrigerator. My favorite part. Toys. Look at look at that. Look at that. This thing. A television where you can watch the service. But seriously, everybody, we want to give this to you as a resource. If you do need a little bit of space in the middle of the service, if you've got a diaper that needs changing, or your kids just need a little more space to spread out and play, this is the place for you. It's specifically here for you to utilize whenever you need it, and it's got everything to accommodate you while you're in here. It's here for you.